Hey there. Thanks for joining us. Listen, I've got one question for you. Is your grill ready for game on? As we gear up to celebrate the 4th with Backyard Barbecues, we hope you're able to get this everyone, relish the good times and catch up with dear friends. Buns intended. Wow, we're not even warming up anymore. We're just we're landing right on the bad puns and just throwing them all up right out of the gate. <laughs> or great as the case may be. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yes, I figure that our 14 listeners are so used to this by now, they would absolutely just want us to get started without any sort of, um, you know, wind up. I think this is our barbecue to move on, Matt. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Anyway, that's fair enough. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Matt Marcotte, and welcome to the latest podcast version of the What's What, where we break down the weekly trends in retail and consumer good, bad puns included. By now, you probably know our usual suspects, Sarah Hillstrom. Hey there. Celeste Richardson. Hello. And Alex Drinker. Hello. So anyone a fan of the movie uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Any <laughs> kids out there? Uh, of course. Yes. Good. I was worried there were going to be crickets. Well, hey, look, the shrinking thing we're talking about isn't because of Wayne Selinski. It's actually called shrinkflation. Is this why my chocolate bars keep getting smaller? <laughs> it is. And lighter cans and thinner rolls. And, you know, you think you're going crazy, but it's not you. It's them. And this practice of manufacturers whittling away everything from sheets of toilet paper to servings of cat food is starting to show up across the RCG landscape. Okay. I'm not sure I love this. However, I feel like we should have seen it coming with those high manufacturing costs. No, Alex? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And these manufacturing costs are surging to a, to a range of factors, including difficulty hiring workers, trucking shortages, import, export tariffs, etc. So industry leaders either have to absorb these costs or pass them along to consumers. And a number of big box executives recently said they were paying higher prices for inventory, even as much as 20% more for beef, for example. And they said they plan to shoulder most of those increases along with rising costs for freight, transportation, and labor. Um, but many have said to solve for this, um, they need supply chain visibility, employee productivity tools. Um, so keep an eye out for them to spend money on something like that. And look, shrinkflation is for sure a bit of a sneaky business. Um, and those unwilling to pass along the cost are keeping their unit prices the same by shrinking the contents inside. So others are raising prices on toilet paper, diapers, and other everyday goods by 4 to 9% beginning this month. Mm -hmm. <sighs> That less bang for your buck really, really stings. Uh -huh. <laughs> but you know what also stings? Oh boy. Saying goodbye to sweatpants. It's time. No, no, come on. Oh, Parting no. is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> I'm, you're not wrong, Sarah, but uh, back to school season is here. And the good news is that retailers are expecting 2021 to deliver the best back to school results that we've seen in a really long time. Uh, and also good news, kids returning to school will also be the catalyst for many parents to return to the office. So mm. as sweatpants are left behind, RIP, uh, apparel will be a really big growth category this season. So I guess that's that's my good news. Yeah, but Celeste, what about like those child tax credits, right? Those should definitely help a little bit with back to school shopping too, right? Absolutely. The arrival of the child tax credit is giving parents a little bit more wiggle room on spending and saying yes to, you know, that extra pair of sneakers that coupled with pent up demand for newness and fresh styles is really a winning formula for brands and retailers alike. Yeah. 
buried in closet styles are so last season. So let's bring on some newness. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Me too. And the competition is heating up. So we've talked a lot about Walmart and Target over the last year, really um, being the beneficiaries of, of the pandemic consumer behavior. But consumers are starting to return to department stores for dressier apparel and footwear categories. Uh, mm -hmm. Sarah, you're gonna have to say goodbye to your slippers too. Sorry. First sweatpants, now slippers. This is completely out of control. What you Don't shoot the messenger, everybody. So the retailers that are going to shine are the ones that are focusing on buy online, pick up in stores and contactless technologies. You know, as, as shoppers continue to seek out more low contact experiences as they go out and revenge shop for all of their apparel this season. On the CG side, they, they actually have a really tough job of navigating this because as we've talked over the prior weeks, many have been ramping up their D2C business and they also have their existing wholesale channels, but they're all dealing with limited inventory due to the raw material shortages. Uh, Alex kind of covered these a, a few minutes ago and supply chain challenges. And it's added a lot of complexity and costs for CGs and retailers. Hmm. Very interesting. Not to come in with a rough transition here, but I would like to announce that everyone on this podcast is old, like what? almost ancient. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm sure many of you are actually like insulted me, of course, most. And I do not like where this next friend is going. I can already tell. Well, Matt, it's not really about you or me or any of us, actually, because what we're talking about are Gen Zers. Ah, oh, to be young again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Broadly defined, Gen Zers are those born in 1998 or after. I think I might even have clothes from then still. <laughs> Very sustainable of you. Uh, you know, a fun fact, that's also the year that Armageddon came out. Don't want to close my eyes. I feel really old now, too. <laughs> but you're a good singer. That's all that matters. All right, Celeste, so get ready because Gen Zers are basically taking over. This group, if you can believe it, already makes up 30% of the global population. And in parts of Africa, it's already 50%. So wow. in a little over a decade, Gen Z is going to account for a third of all consumers worldwide, which is like a huge opportunity for business. So what's the deal with these Gen Zers? Great question, Alex. For retailers and brands, it's absolutely critical to understand this growing generation. First, they have a more global mindset thanks to cheaper travel and the proliferation of the internet. They also heavily rely on advice from peers and influencers. They're pretty demanding when it comes to style and sustainability, and they really want to stand out. Perhaps most important, Gen Zers are looking for clothing, experiences, accessories, and even groceries that are unique or unusual. In fact, that's often more important to them than even price or quality. Is it fair to say that they have high expectations? Oh my gosh, yes. They also attach even more importance to specific areas of social ethics than any other generation. And it's super easy for Gen Z to be informed consumers. They're willing and able to research brands, supply chains, and employment practices. Super sleuths, as I like to call them. So shifting gears a bit, we're bringing in another non-Gen Zer into the podcast to kick off our final trend of the week. So welcome to our incredibly crazy and somewhat irrelevant podcast. Welcome, Kimberly Barrick. Thanks, Alex. It sounds like you guys always have a great time, so I am thrilled to be here. Welcome. And what are you bringing to us today? Data. Ooh, we love data here. Yeah, I like big data and I cannot lie. Uh, you're going to fit in so well here, Kimberly. <laughs> Thanks. 
Um, so in all seriousness, grocery retailers have some big data energy and we are here for it. They capture data about everything. Think heat mapping, eye tracking, even knowing how many sticks of butter are sold per store per hour the week leading up to Christmas. Cookie exchanges are a beautiful thing. It's crazy how powerful data can be. So can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, data sure is powerful, but you have to know what to do with it. And here's the issue. We are increasingly hearing from retailers that they have loads of data, but it's just not accessible or actionable. So the governance on how retailers compile, share, and read their data is really important. What makes it even more challenging is the expansion of partnerships, like the new DoorDash and Albertsons deal. So as retailers expand these partnerships, they must simultaneously grow their data strategy to ensure they get the insights they need to take the right kind of action. And CGs have a leading role in this show too. They're often asked to help decode and analyze retailer data, and they also have data of their own from things like direct-to-consumer channels that they want to add into the equation. If we've said it once, we've said it a million times, a strong data strategy is the key to success. So put that on a poster and stick it on the wall, would ya? Amen. Now that's what I call an inspirational poster. Thanks, Kimberly, and to the rest of our podcast crew for breaking down this week's trending topics. And as far as your brief synopsis of what else you can find in this week's issue of the What's What? With Goodreads, you'll learn more about the growth in the secondhand fashion market, McDonald's first ever loyalty program, why 4 million people quit their jobs in April, I want to know that one, and how stores are the anchor for luxury retail. And of course, we couldn't end this very special edition of the What's What podcast without throwing it over to Celeste, who's going to bring us this week's thing that sparks joy, especially if you're grilling this weekend. So Celeste, take it away. So if you're wondering why you've lived on this planet as long as you have and didn't even know this amazing product existed, you are not alone. We've all just been doing hot dogs wrong this entire time, but hey, it's okay. Now we have a product like the Spiral Hot Dog Slicer that creates little grooves in the hot dogs and sausages, creating a nice little space for any condiment you can imagine, like actual spaces for all that ketchup and mustard and relish, if that's your thing. Super hungry right now. <laughs> Me too. So I don't know if you've ever done this. I certainly have. If you leave off a condiment just because you didn't want to create a giant mess eating probably one of the best summer foods besides s'mores, trust in the hot dog sausage slicer. They will make your life better. And if you order now, you might just be able to get it in time for the holiday weekend. I literally have no words. It's a beautiful piece of product that some genius must have come up with. I just think I need a moment. Alex, I'd even say it's doggone delightful. Oh, oh, oh man. I love your puns. On that note, good night and good luck. We'll catch y'all next week. Bye everyone. <laughs>